Going to get into the conversation now about um, what we do with I, uh, something that I don't know why, but for me, uh, I really empathize with um, kids and families who find themselves in this situation. You know, surviving adolescence is a job. It's not easy. Think back to when you were a kid, right? We all went through it. Some of the ridiculous things that kept us up at night, right? If you think about it now, it's kind of like, boy, that was silly. And if you could talk to a kid and say, hey, listen, in two years, none of this is going to matter. You're going to be out of school and you won't think about this anymore. But at that time, right, it's really easy to think this is the end of the world. This is the worst thing that could ever happen to me. Um, And it's harder now than it was when we were kids because, you know, if it was school, that was tormenting you or whatever. You got to go home and leave it behind at least for a while. Not anymore. Not in the internet age. Not with social media. I mean, there is no reprieve. There is no getting away. And we see that, you know, teens who are constantly connected, always accessible, always online, the consequences can be tragic. And as we said this week, um, we saw another example of this. Um, 12-year-old Carson Cleanland of Prince George, British Columbia, reportedly took his own life last month. His family says he was a victim of sextortion, something we've talked about before. It's only getting worse, and there will be more young lives lost to this if we cannot come up with a way of fixing it, and I honestly don't know what that is. We're going to speak now with Signe Arneson, who is the Associated uh, or the Associated Executive Director of the Canadian Centre for Child Protection. Signe, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Um, let's make sure everybody's up to speed on what we're talking about here. Sextortion. How does it typically play out? Because there is a pattern to it, right? Well, there is. It's essentially, um, you know, someone's in possession of a sexual image of you, and you are then uh, threatened. Uh, that if you don't either uh, produce more sexual images or you don't pay money, then they're basically going to blast out the image of you or the video of you doing something sexual online. So you're you're being sexually extorted on the internet. And um, perhaps surprising, it was surprising to me, the vast majority of people who are victimized by this are teenage boys, right? That's who's falling victim to this more than anybody else. Well, if you're talking about financial extortion, yeah. yes, on the financial side, it is boys. And, and the reason for that, uh, we believe, is because, you know, these organized criminal networks coming from overseas really have mastered how to get uh, teenage boys to do something sexual online. So they send a bait video, uh, a fake video of a teenage girl. They might be topless. The boys are then asked to masturbate. And it's easy to see why boys would uh, be sexually charged in that environment. And they don't. what they don't realize is they're being recorded on the other side. And right after that is completed, they're, they're then threatened and told to pay money. So it's absolutely out of control how these social media platforms have been completely weaponized against Mm -hmm. children and it's only getting worse right that's the thing i mean these incidents we see more and more of them almost every day right the escalation is really alarming well we're dealing with uh we can't keep up and we're the tip of the iceberg so in the last 15 months we've had over 5,000 victims of sextortion come into us and we know that police on the front lines are facing their own uh huge numbers and this is this is not unusual for any other country in the world. So this is going on 
uh, all over the place. And coming up with guidance for parents is really not the way forward. We have to have these platforms regulated by governments. Yeah, okay. I wanted to ask you about that. I mean, and I think you make such an important point. And, you know, we were talking about it earlier on the show this morning. And, uh, and I think those of us who've lived in this world have a different understanding. Like I used to coach minor hockey and I had teams mm-hmm. of my own. And you quickly realize in talking to other parents that, you know, if you're walking around thinking, oh, my kid wouldn't do that, or, you know, I've talked to my kid, I know what they're doing online, you're fooling yourself and it's dangerous. You cannot go in with the attitude thinking, oh, that's not something I have to worry about. You do, right? If you've got teenage kids. Oh, absolutely. This has nothing to do with whether you're an involved right. and engaged parent. It's We've saddled parents 100% with the responsibility for keeping kids safe, and it is not reasonable. You have these platforms profiting to the tunes of millions, if not billions of dollars, making ad revenue, bringing people onto their platforms. They know children are a massive user of that platform, and we're permitting you, uh, children and adults to uh, engage with one another right around the world with absolutely no guardrails. We would never do this in the offline world, but somehow we've abandoned children online. No, you're absolutely right. Social media, uh, the, the case in Prince George, apparently it was Snapchat that this kid spent a lot of time on. Um, so you're right. It's these social media platforms. But what do we do? I mean, do we call on government? Should government, get, they've tried yeah. to, I mean, the federal government has said they're, they're going to get to work on a sextortion thing. They've been saying that for five years. Um, yeah. c- can government actually do anything in this area, Signe? Oh, gosh, absolutely. We regulate in all sorts of other spaces. Do you think there'd be seatbelts in cars? Do you think we'd have car seats for babies and toddlers if governments didn't say this was necessary and this saves lives? Well, we're losing children. Um, uh, Kids are being devastated online. Why are we permitting this level of harm all the way to them uh, feeling like the only way out is to take their own lives without requiring that these companies release products that are safe onto market? So what about age verification? What about proper moderation in live streaming? What about grooming via direct messaging? All of these things these companies would have a lens into and would be able to mitigate against, yet they're not. And it's because without government forcing them to do so, they're never going to do it. They're always going to prioritize profit over the safety of children. I often wonder, is it possible though? And you're saying a lot of things that make a lot of sense, but when we talk about the internet and, you know, workarounds, like we were talking about kids and and saying, you know what, they'll figure out a way. Can you regulate this kind of technology after the fact? Now that it's there, now that it exists, won't another platform just pop up? I mean, how, what would that look like? How could we possibly rein in what's already gone on? Well, did we throw our hands up in the air with big tobacco? I mean, we eventually got our act together and decided that something had to be done in that capacity. I mean, offline, for example, a kid can't walk into 7-Eleven and buy a pornography mag- magazine. Mm-hmm. Well, that's laughable at this point in time in, in our journey. Is, when yeah. online, kids can access all sorts of different things. So we decided that it wasn't developmentally appropriate for them. But meanwhile, that has completely gone out the window on uh, online. So the answer is yes, of course we can reel this in. The UK government just uh, passed their online safety bill where they are holding these platforms accountable for doing risk assessments, for having, um, uh, sticking to their terms of service with respect to age. And I will note that has anyone asked Snapchat why Carson was on their platform when he was 12 years old? He shouldn't even be on the platform. 
Well, I'm so sure where, you saw the story this week question? with, you know, the the multiple millions of accounts that Facebook knew about uh, that were, you know, given to kids under the age of 14, even though they weren't supposed to have them. They knew about them and decided not to do anything. I mean, so it's the tech companies that we need to sort of leverage and put the pressure on. That's They're the only ones that can make the change, right? That's exactly right, because we have been talking now for at least two decades. We've been running the national tip line since 2002. We've been talking for decades about the responsibility of parents, and the companies love it, because then they bear no responsibility, because moderation is expensive. But if you're going to put out a platform that allows kids and adults to intersect, boy, you better ensure that they're safe. And we know on the front lines of dealing with this issue, kids are being annihilated online. So the question is, when have we all had enough? And now we have lost a 12-year-old. A 12-year-old. This has gotten completely out of control. It has. It is completely out of control. We're losing kids. And you know what? The worst part, Signe, it's only going to get worse. How does artificial intelligence change this? Because now the kid doesn't even have to actually make that mistake. They can be manipulated, um, fabricated, and drawn into this world. Oh, artificial intelligence is a complete nightmare in our space. It's a nightmare for child sexual abuse survivors whose videos and imagery now can be recreated through artificial intelligence. Uh, It's a nightmare for uh, anyone, really. It's even a nightmare for adults. All you have to have is an image of yourself online, and before you know it, AI can produce you into some pornographic uh, shot. So it it really is, is not good for our space. It's already bad enough. This adds a whole whole new level of um, enormous problems. In working with law enforcement, I, you know, thinking about that aspect to it too, I mean, they, they do great work and they, they spend time living in a world that I don't think many of us could handle for very long at all. But it's mm-hmm. impossible. I mean, most of the, in, in this instance, I, I don't know exactly where the, the extortionist was in, in the case from Prince George, but I'll guarantee you it wasn't Prince George. It was probably somewhere around the world, right? I mean, how do you even start trying to crack down on this when it's international like that? Well, that's why we have to ask the platforms to be doing more. So they see IP addresses coming out of Nigeria and the Ivory Coast that are known for this type of activity, organized criminal networks, and they're contacting youth on their platform. You think maybe you would block that? We have an image that we continue to flag to these companies, and she's referred to as extortion girl. Anytime this image is associated to an account, we know it involves a sextorter. Do you think the companies are blocking that image from appearing on their service? No. What happens is is they wait for it to be reported to them. So instead of getting on the front end of this, we are running from behind. The harms occurred. And in this case, what are we going to do about Carson? Carson's gone. The family will never have Carson back. But in so many of these other cases, kids are still being devastated, and we're permitting that. And then we're trying to have this patchwork approach. Let's get in on the front end and require that these companies make their platform safe for children, like we do with all other industries in the offline world that that products intersect with kids. I'm with you all the way. It's a tough job, but uh, we've we've got to do it. We've got to tackle it. Um, Signe, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me.